0: Locked by Intelligent, and has Snyder, Snyder
1: hello and welcome to episode 22 of the lion's den a galatasaray podcast done by the community for the community from all around the hemisphere i'm your host samet and a big applause to my fellow podcast members from new york america we got emre in today emre did you do your homework today yes i did i have it ready for you right here all right toronto canada pokemon master john did you do your homework today always always spot on ready to go i'm curious from melbourne australia mr mazar did you do your homework today my my dog ate my homework (laughs) (laughs) that's very you maz
2: i thought kangaroos (laughs) eat your homework never mind (laughs) that and before
1: we get the fact of the week with Sally from the netherlands did you do your homework today
3: i did no more slacking off since the covid vaccination had to get for my turkey trip so i've i'm a changed man i've done everything on time and i'm ready to go
1: all right hit us with the fact of the week then
3: okay fact of the week it's about quicksand did you know that you actually cannot sink in quicksand so okay while it's easy to get stuck and hard to get out it's impossible to sink because it acts as a fluid twice as heavy as water so you're basically not dense enough to go under it It does liquefy, though, the more you disturb it, and so as long as you don't panic, you can only kind of sink till your belly area. Meh. I find this an interesting fact myself, because, I mean, we all as a kid, I think, believed that quicksand is really dangerous. If you get stuck, you're pretty much dead. But that's not the case. Kind of BS.
1: I knew this one.
3: I already knew it. Ah, Okay. I did? (laughs) (laughs) Need to step up my game. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I knew it was hard to sink. I didn't know it was impossible. So yeah that's yeah, something yeah. as long yeah. as you stand still that is but who's gonna do that i think that's more the thing i
1: don't know it's a weak fact of the week man
3: <laughs>
0: come on dad do him dirty bro
1: all right to our listeners good morning good afternoon and good evening we bring you today the latest news as usual you may notice i gave the guys some homework which i'm excited for it's basically personal edits of our latest transfers and finally we'll end up with some listener questions. So let's quickly break through to breaking news. Fatih Terim gave his personal props for episode 21 of our podcast. He really liked it. If you haven't listened, go do that. The Galitsaray away kits are officially on sale. We also have a new media and communications manager called Joshkun Gülbahar. Rahan Babel joins Eberspor in the first league. And Baye Adyagne joins Fatih Karagümrük after we have mutually terminated his contract. We got Patrick van Arnold from Galtzray amongst the top 50 candidates for the 2022 Golden Foot Awards. He'll not make it, but yeah. Galtzray's second camp will be in Austria and will play against Salernitana and Fiorentina on the 27th and the 30th of July. Mustafa Mohamed leaves to Nantes on loan for 250k loan fee and 5.75 optional purchase. Also we find out his remaining fee of 4 million dollars to Zamalek was paid by Dursun Özbek, Erdan Timur, Metin Öztürk and the rest of Galatasaray management. Leo Mikael Joseph Claude Dubois has signed a 3 year contract with Galatasaray, more from John later. Haris Šefarović loaned with an option to buy from Benfica, we'll get that from Emre. And more on the rumor train we got Sasha Boe conspiracies which Sasha Bowie denied, would love to tell you more about it. (laughs) We also have more rumors on Florian Grilic. One day he's signing with Galatasaray, the other with Brighton. And apparently his father is the main culprit, breaking all the deals with all the clubs. And then finally, Ali Akman might even join Galatasaray. I think those were the biggest rumors, guys. Did I forget anything?
0: Nah, pretty much spot on there, bro. Yeah. Um, made an offer to Ali Akhman. Uh Grilich is back on the table for guys today.
1: Should we go through some of the news topics before we announce the transfers? Uh
0: oh, yeah, yeah,
1: sure. Alright. Which one should we start with?
3: I guess we can just start with the awake hit. I think it looks good to me. Doesn't look Oh good. the
0: Awake Hits?
3: When did yes. that get
0: announced?
2: <laughs> the black ones?
0: The black ones I just
1: announced it for you.
0: <laughs> oh bro, oh, oh. wait, wait, let me Google it. This is a live reaction. <laughs> yeah let's see Hear what you it. think
3: i think personally it right. looks pretty decent
0: is it the red and yellow stripe one across the, the body the no. white one no. should be black. All, all black all black all black and then there's the white No, it's the one we
1: saw before
4: the white one is our third kit all right all right cool 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 yeah we're
1: saying that the black one is now officially on sale yes this is the first time i'm seeing it no you what you haven't watched any games Mas. They've played in that... Wait, no, I am, I am
0: absolutely retarded. No, I am absolutely retarded. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, so... I had a brain fart. <laughs> I had a major brain fart. Yeah, we had
1: leaked news on the white kit for sure. I don't like it. And officially the black ones are on sale, which I do like so
2: mm-hmm, same literally Maz didn't do his homework that's an F right no,
0: there no, boy no, no. yeah as dog ate his homework right it's 7 7.30am on a Sunday I get every pass in the world <laughs> <laughs> you should
1: be dead <laughs> awake right now it's morning for you you should be
3: like psyched up hyped up <sighs> absolutely if we Dutch are tired it's 11.30pm like normally it's bedtime yeah we have a regular work week so
1: anyway what do you think of the white one that's leaked
3: absolute shit I think that one looks horrible it's average. Average? It's not that bad.
2: It's been average for the past how many years? Did we need to drop <laughs> Nike? True. We need to drop Nike and get like Adidas or something. I don't like That's Nike's true. design department. I don't know what they're smoking over there, but
4: it's <laughs> terrible. I, I am interested to see what it will look like as a complete kit, you know, with the sponsor patches, the shorts, like a, com, you know, com, complete image. As of right now, it, I've seen some people say it just looks like a like a regular blank white t-shirt Exactly. You know, it is kind of, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about it. I think it might be okay once it's complete. But no, Nike has been doing us dirty for I don't know how long now, bro.
3: I think last year's third kit looks much better to this. This is just, Yeah, of course, we don't know the shorts, but it looks to me just way too uh, simple, ugly. I don't like it.
2: You know You know what it is, Saleh? Mm. What they do is when they ever, whenever they play with the white shirt, they always play with the white shorts as well. And it just looks so dumb. I wish they would start playing with like red shorts or black shorts when they have those white jerseys on. It looks way better and more appealing.
0: I think it's going to get worse as we get sponsors and stuff on it. That's unpopular opinion, maybe, but
4: usually it's the other way around. It could actually, it could. It's po- that's possible. It could
0: lose its like clean appeal yeah. that it has now. That's exactly right. Now it's like pure yeah. white. It's got the red and yellow accents on it, which kind of it's not bad. That's the one I don't
1: like the accents. Yeah. I usually like the white jerseys, but the accents, they just ruin... But you them. can't have white shorts with that. Mm. Like you, you need to go black shorts, yeah. definitely. Um, I wanted to discuss with you guys the Sasha Boy rumors, actually. So, apparently, there was a guy on Twitter posting a whole flood of tweets regarding why and what happened to Sasha Boy. He notes down mainly that everyone was shocked about it, which is true. And he says that Sasha Bowie came to Gala, did great, for just 1 million euro, amazing player. And apparently someone at a certain club looked at him and said, what the hell is this? Look at the money we're spending on transfers and look at what they got for just 1 million euro. And Fatih Term having him made him pissed. So then he called his management company, this club president. And said, hey, this won't work like this. Look at what you gave me. Look at what they got. And the company, the agency, didn't want to lose the biggest client. So they decided to do something nice for this person. And they signed a management contract with Boy. They're saying it's Rogan. And basically, at week eight, where Fatih Terim also had an announcement. I think it was after the Ronders game. Where Fatih Terim said, there are moments when the player which you who you sign a five-year contract with... And then the next moment, he comes and says, I don't want to play here anymore. And this person is saying that this was due to this club president and the management company being pissed off and wanting payback. So, in short, this whole story is about how Ali Koch was pissed off regarding the Sasha Bowie transfer. And this agency signed a contract with Sasha Bowie and then they made him fuck things up, basically, (laughs) which is hilarious. And there are some truth here and there to the story which makes it believable and at the moment we still don't know what happened to sasha boy he did reply to it and said please be careful with the fake news some people should be tired of lying so much about people's lives and (laughs) we had some discussions about this turkey is a weird place man a lot of things are very believable lately so unless sasha boy really comes out and explains himself what's wrong with him I can see some truth to it. I don't know what you guys think.
0: I, I think it's pretty obvious what I think. I think I agree with what Sasha Bowie said. Some people just lie too much and they lie through their teeth and they lie for Twitter likes. It's, it's one of the more believable floods I've seen in uh, recently because he actually uses some truths um, to support his claims, but it doesn't seem too far-fetched either if I'm to be honest, but I just, I just, I don't That's believe it. I don't really believe it. Yeah.
1: True or not. It's a, damn well written story
0: (laughs) yeah it's a great story but i'm just gonna call it that it's a story
1: yeah yeah yeah. i don't know what did you think Emre?
0: well i think i'm
2: on the boat with uh mas how is it our fault that we like got a good deal on sasha bowie how is it our fault shouldn't the manager be at fault or the team that sold them to us be at fault how is it our fault why are we being punished for this you know like i'm trying to think it from both ways doesn't make sense and I don't know, maybe it's not, has nothing to do with that. It could be, like you said, a conspiracy. I don't know if you guys saw, but Sasha Bowie also left a picture with Fatih Tatum, or he liked the picture of Fatih Tatum not too long ago on Instagram. But I think a lot of it does have to do with, you know, Fatih Tatum leaving mm-hmm. and nothing with this manager or his, uh, his what was it?
1: The agency. The management the agency, the management agency. Yeah.
2: I don't think it has anything to do with that. It just seems too much. And how is Ali Koch their biggest customer? Like, what, what, what players have they given him? I don't know. Do we the, actually the, look into that too.
1: The management agency that Sasha Boy signed with, called Rogon, has like shit ton of Tenerbacher players. So I guess there's truth to that, that they're very well befriended with Ali Koch. And well, I don't know what's going on currently, but when he was injured and got back and then got injured again, I said there's something weird going on and this story kind of Well, when he
2: got back, Summit, who was in charge of the team when he got back?
1: It was against Barcelona. It was Torrent.
2: It was Torrent. Yeah. It was Terim. Yeah. Is it possible that he just doesn't want to be with the club right now because Terim's not here? Well, can you get around that.
1: Yeah. You can see like Marcao had a very good relationship with Terim as well and Exactly. Actually, actually that makes uh, decisions of players. He stayed also, uh,
2: Marcao, on Pate Tatum's request he wanted to leave prior but he actually stayed what do you think uh, Salih
3: what do I think I would I would have to if I just think about it, I I would have to agree with Emre and Mazar Moron. I don't I don't believe the whole agent thing Ali Koch being involved that they somehow try to fuck (laughs) Bowie up so he doesn't play (laughs) maybe look the the thing is this 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 can happen still football if a player can join and what Fat terms said like he signed a 5 year contract and he, now he wants to leave that also happens it it's not unique it can still happen maybe boy expected more or expect something different and he saw like oh, okay well this ain't for me shit like that can happen so i don't see much in it uh one of the best examples and i'm just going to use now a i guess a world footballer uh so someone playing in a high like uh, was it Di Maria, right? Joining United. Yeah. He joined it and like I think a few weeks he was already like this place is shit. I want to be gone. Is that due to conspiracy <laughs> theories or anything? No, he just didn't like it. And then he went off to Paris, right? Yeah, Paris. So Yeah, I actually think it's the, more like that case. On
1: that Frankie De Jong. De Jong. Yeah. He also said something like uh yeah, Man United's just a shit organization. Very badly organized. I think he
3: on Frankie, I think he just wants uh, high wages. So he's basically uh he has the yeah. upper hand in this negotiation, right? But they said, let's not dwell too much into non-gas, right?
0: Yeah.
4: Let's ask John. There's definitely a lot of, uh, how should I say, crookery going on right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> 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 he, he said the word.
4: Crooks United. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how else to put it. I mean, and the thing is, is that when these stories come out, like, Turkey is such a crazy place that literally anything could be true. Anything. So yeah. it doesn't matter how crazy the story is, how messed up it seems. It could be absolutely true, you know. So it's, I don't know, it's hard to pick apart what's true and what's not true. But definitely, yeah, there's some crookery going on here, man. You could sure. expect this kind of thing from Miley Koshua. He is like the type of person to do this kind of
2: stuff. Oh, for sure. Well.
1: I mean, in a world where religious cults basically own the government, it, everything is possible, right?
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> but Yeah. Moving along, I wanted to bring up one thing which I'm really pissed off about. Mustafa Mohamed Tunantes. We get a loan fee of 250k and we give them an option for purchase of 5.75 million. I hope they're also paying his wages because this is just ridiculous. I don't see any benefit to us with this deal. Like what? Momo is going to go there if he plays very bad he comes back and we're still stuck with him and basically devaluing this player as well and if he performs really well well Nantes will like wow oh, you know what I'll buy him for 5.75 and I'll sell him for 10 to someone else it doesn't make any sense this deal it's like we don't value our assets at all it's it's ridiculous i don't know what you think of this momo deal but and now we're left it's, with uh, yeah no strikers
0: almost it's beyond the joke because it's not like he was crap since we got him. He had some great games. He scored, he scored against Fernando in arguably one of the most craziest games of the year in any league. He's, he scored, yeah. So he can perform under pressure. He's had some injuries. He's had some red card, whatever. Okay, he had some confidence issues. He also had no midfield behind him. And you're just going to do him dirty like that. Send him to Nantes. 250k. 5 million buyout option. It's disgusting. It's terrible business. And it shows how little we value our players. Like, we, we don't know what we have. And then when they go to other teams, they get sold for much more money. We go, oh, how didn't we get that money? This is why. Mm-hmm. Did you see him cry while why we're left? Not getting it? Yeah, bro.
3: It should break my heart. <laughs> it's about... Like, it's, it's- Look, I do agree that the optional fee is on the low side. But then again, it's an optional fee. We can negotiate on that. It's not set in stone like a mandatory fee. If that was the case, then I would be more pissed off because... They're probably going to activate that anyway, and then what's the profit? It's only going to be what one to two million. That's that's too low, not what I would be looking for. But loan fee wise, I don't care how much a loan fee is as much. Uh, 250k, I mean, there's some things where they do it for free, so anything in my books is already fine. He obviously lost confidence, he's not playing as well. Okan in those friendlies didn't use him all the time, of course, you need to rotate, but how I see it is. Hopefully a newer environment will just, you know, create some confidence for him again. And if he plays well, we can sell him maybe for good money. And if he doesn't, well, at least he'll come back with some experience from a foreign league. And it, it can also add that way into the Turkish league. Because League 1 is still above Super League in a way. So maybe he'll man up. I don't know. If they want to do that, I'm fine with it. <laughs> did, you, did you just uh, soundboard me? <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure? Oh, man. Uh, no. Look at how happy he is. <laughs> <laughs> Smirk on his
4: face. Yeah. That's, uh... Oh, and I'm sure they're just like licking their lips at the chance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure as well. Oh, man. Oh, I'm my sure God. That... <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> <laughs>
3: no, but, no, but honestly, guys, do you guys really, are you guys really upset about it? Because, look, I Absolutely. have been trying to be a fan of him. Maybe I'm clouded by the fact that while some particular person in the group chat sent GIFs, which kept getting pixelated more so every time. Also, maybe because of his age, because we're used to these players which have rundown motors, which are 30 plus, and he was 24 or so. You know, we were hoping for something, but in these last... Uh, one and a half year, I think. We have him now. I don't think he really has proven it. I don't think he's bad necessarily. There's still a player in him, but he's been inconsistent. I should put it that way.
2: What's the point of paying out his buy clause from Zamalek like, for $4 million if you're just going to go and loan him out immediately for five point whatever? Mm-hmm. like? And it's an optional, but they can use that option if you put that clause in there, right? They, they don't have to negotiate with us. I think the only time they need to negotiate is if Mohammed wants to come back to us, you know? Or something like that. So what's the point of doing that? It makes no sense. And I've kind of expected this from this board. As John put it very clearly, they're all crooks. They don't <laughs> know how to do business. They can't negotiate buying or selling. And uh yeah, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. You're not that what do you think?
4: Yeah, I mean, I'm of course I'm a little bit disappointed with the business we've we've done there, you know. And it's like, does anyone here think that we could have loaned him to a club where like, do you think it was possible to get at least 1 million euros out of this? Or do you think that's totally not possible? Now with our I performance. Didn't, and I don't so, no. I don't know. Like I, I was thinking about that and it's like the loan fee for 250 K it's like, I don't even, I'm not sure what to make of that. Like, I think the loan fee could have been a little more. I don't know how much we could have got. I'm not saying we, you know, Go from rags to riches or anything off loaning him, but it's just not that great business from us. Like we haven't been doing any good business lately. But I'm not sure. I, I don't know how I feel about that. The only positive I can think is, you know, if he can go there and if he can, if he can improve himself and gain some confidence. We all know he has goals in him. You know, if he can go there and improve as a player, then maybe something can happen after that. But
1: well, that that means we will lose him four or five point seven five mil, which yeah. is too low. If yeah, you ask for me. sure
4: for sure. I mean, we've yeah. seen
1: what he can do. We've seen the potential as well. He's strong. He he he's fast when he wants to and he can score goals. But on the other hand, I also understand that Galatasaray wants to be champions this season. And to be champions, you also need like true leaders, true carriers and a good mixture of people that are experienced and it can also bring up the value of your youngsters, like Hamza Akman or Efe Akman or Kazimjan Karatash. So a
3: healthy mix, like this a talk. healthy
1: mix, exactly <laughs> a healthy mix of idiots
4: and a healthy mix of true serious guys. When you hear Samet laughing like that, you know it's going on the soundboard, man. Whatever just came before he started laughing, it's going right onto the yeah. fucking soundboard, hundred <laughs> <100%. laughs> percent. Well, you're
1: giving me ideas. <laughs> but he's gone now, so wish him the best of luck. Uh, hopefully he'll perform well and he'll choose to come back to Galt Sarai and we can uh, negotiate some better deal. But uh, it is what it is.
3: What, I was going to d- say... Oh, Emre, you go just, first. Let me
2: just... Uh, mm-hmm. I, like, you guys are upset about this, but I think an even worse offense is loaning out Jagne to Fatih Karagümrük and paying two-thirds of his wages is even... Oh, bigger of a fail, in yeah. my opinion. This club desperately needs a goddamn accountant or something because they don't know
4: how to do any business. <laughs> they need me, bro. I, they, yeah, they do. I'm, Seriously. I, mean,
1: uh, I, I manage contracts for a living. I do negotiations for a living. So and they just it's need like, me, man.
4: With Jagne, I can't work out how, you know, how do we loan him to a Premier League club where the manager and fans were actually pretty happy with his performance there. Like it wasn't like unbelievable but they're pretty happy with that performance so how is it possible that we can't sell him i don't understand there's not a single club in the world that will buy him i i just i that is, that just boggles my mind well it's easy john wages it's john, wages yeah yeah i guess I
1: Uzbek, flipping his wallet
2: that wasn't him that was during Genghis oh Boy. yeah
3: that's true that's true if, uh, abdurrahim, abdurrahim, abdurrahim. <laughs> or, I, mean, <sighs> like, I, mean, I love you, Hojjam. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I won't be surprised if he bangs a few against us, like Yunus did last year. Yeah.
3: No, I just, I don't know, thinking of Jagnes scoring. Uh, bro, he's so clumsy, <laughs> I don't know how he'll score. He'll find a way. Uh, it, he'll find it's... a way, just like that championship season. He had some weird scrappy goals, but he still netted two in a game. He,
1: yeah, he's a weird player. Like, on the pitch, he doesn't look like he's big and bulky, but when he walks and runs, he doesn't look like anything like a football player. He's so awkward. (laughs) But somehow, he did manage to score a shit ton of goals, right? Albeit, (laughs) okay, penalties a lot, but somehow he does score them. I guess his Mm -hmm. positioning is good, you could say, but other than that, it doesn't make any sense how we paid so much money for this guy.
3: Panic. Panic,
0: pressure, financial fair play. Yeah, yeah. Everything.
4: Yeah, you wrap all that stuff up, put a bow on it, you get Jagne. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> well, while we're of speaking there. of uh, players of ours going to other teams, Ryan Babel joined Ayubspor, right? So there is a chance that we might meet them in in a Turkish Cup game or something, which would be interesting. What do you guys think of that? I mean, uh, uh. You know, they we talked happy, about right? a mixture. I don't know. We talked about a mixture, you know, uh, of experienced players. And I think if he, if he could stay for cheap, Ryan Babel could do a lot of good things showing the youth what a pro- professional needs to do. Like, John, you coach a bunch of <laughs> kids. Okay. Let, a <laughs> bunch of... Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. What's going on? Shit. Let me read you that. John, you coach... Very nice little kids that can be a bit of a hassle sometimes. Wouldn't it be
4: good for them to have a Ryan Bobble in their midst and show them how it should be done? Of course. It's it wouldn't be good. It's it's ideal to have someone that you can, you know, that's someone that can set the example for you, right? Someone that's done it already, someone that's been playing at, you know, the highest level. That's that's ideal, right? So I think that's a really good place for him to be. They're trying to come up. It's going to be a competitive space for him. And, you know, they're not playing at the highest level, which obviously I think he's been with age a little bit on a decline, I guess. So I think it's a good spot for him. I'm excited to see what he's going to do there. And like you said, we might, our paths might cross. And just like always, wouldn't be surprised if somehow he bangs one against us. So mm-hmm. we'll see. But I think it's, I'm happy for him. I think it was a good move for him. And I think he'll do really well there.
1: I'm just, very impressed with Babel how he maintains his body, like he's one of those, my body is a temple guys, uh, always does extra trainings and stuff like, okay, it doesn't translate in goals, at least it didn't uh, when he was with us. But I'm sure Apesporre will have uh, a good, good amount of goals from him the first league. All uh, right. Uh, maybe a sh- very short story on Florian Grilich. We discussed a bit, uh, (laughs) man, uh, yeah, we really wanted and needed a CDM. And we had news about Florian Grilich going to Fiorentina, but his father came in and last minute asked for more money, which broke the deal. This is confirmed through several sources and books and stuff like that. And then we had rumors about him being close to Galatasaray. Basically, people were saying, we got him. And a lot of people are complaining to reporters that they shouldn't have leaked this because now it's making negotiations harder for Galtzray. And in the meantime, Brighton apparently got very close to him. And there were rumors about Brighton closing the deal with him. But then again, his father came into the play. This father, I don't know who he is, but damn, bro. You can't be that money greedy, right? So they broke What do you mean? Off. Have
2: you not seen Neymar's
1: dad? No, what's up with Neymar's dad? Is he as bad?
2: Bro, he's just as bad. He was like asking for hookers from yeah. Barcelona. <laughs> no yeah.
1: way. What I do you think it. Florian Grilich's dad is asking for?
2: Hookers. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so Brighton deal didn't go through as well, and now they're saying it's close to Galtzray again. So it's uh, very interesting. I think about the reporters... Leaking the news and people being mad at reporters, I'd be fucking mad at the people who leaked this shit to the reporters. I think that's the yeah, really worst.
0: Oh. 100%. You can't be mad at the reporters because that's their job at the end of the day. But the people who leaked it, fuck them. Cunts. Yeah. Even yeah, if and it's it also Erdan fuck Timur. The reporters. Sorry?
1: Even
4: if it's Erdan Timur?
0: Erdan Timur is a cunt then, bro. It's that easy. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. He's a crook, well
4: Great. There was a there was the sort of side story that came out about this too well not really side story it's directly related but apparently what happened was and I don't know if this is the truth but apparently what happened was everything was agreed everything was good to go we just needed signatures and what we had agreed on I think it was the salary that was 2.5 million euros mm-hmm. right at the last second apparently we changed our mind and offered 1.5 and I saw then that. Yeah. And then apparently that's when things, you know, broke down, which I don't know how true that is. If, if that is true, then this is the number one crook board that has fucking ever (laughs) that we've ever had. I don't even know what to say about that. Like considering the state our club is in, especially in that position, you have, if it's true and we have the player fully, um, you know, fully on board, everything is agreed on. And then you change it last second, right before the signatures, I've,
0: Speechless bro Speechless if I, that's true I, I don't buy it I don't buy it Because his, his manager Father Whatever is he's, he's got a track record that I believe it was probably The other way around I think we probably Agreed on 1.5 or 2 million And then the father Probably turned around Last second And said Nah we want two and a half Or three it's I think totally it possible. To be that Yeah totally possible I, Yeah yeah. Fuck Durst But I don't think He'll do that I don't yeah. think He's that much of a crook
1: Well since we're Discussing rumours one thing I left out was, and I keep leaving out because it's not sure at all, and it's high-profile names: Evander or Amina Harit. Amina Harit or Amina Harit.
3: I mean, Both. He's Moroccan, right? I Amin. Mean, I think.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, that's how you pronounce. Yeah, you know your shit, sorry
3: <laughs> 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 Half
2: Moroccan.
1: Yeah. So I watched Evander with John and uh, Emre a few days ago. Oh my God, what a what a Brazilian, bro. He's amazing. I'd love to have him. Yeah. As far Amina Harit, yeah. Nah, he, they're saying he's a troubled kid. And I didn't see much in his skills videos. So,
4: And the fact that everyone, literally everyone, the second they look at him, pictures, videos, the second everyone looks at him, they just say, oh, this is just another Belhanda. The second, we're, yeah. th- like, the <laughs> fact that we're thinking that, fucking run, the far, run the fuck away as far as you can possibly go. That would be such a tragedy if, if we signed him over Evander and then he came and ended up being another Belhanda. Yeah, that's tragic, bro. I don't know how else to put it. That's tragic. Crooks will be crooks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The latest though with, with Evander is apparently talks are going really well and apparently it's, we're at advanced stages of the transfer now. I know that his club wanted at least 8 million. I think that's what the last bit of news uh, suggested. And our offers are in that range as well. So unless something drastic happens, which I wouldn't be surprised considering how the rest of this transfer window has gone, especially with Grilich, we should, I think, be signing Evander. But there's reports for Harit and Evander. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But I, I think we're probably a little bit closer to Evander.
2: That's so dumb, man.
4: Signing both would be
2: dumb business. No, nah, I, I don't
1: see us signing both, Emre. No, yeah,
2: anyway. I know. Our biggest problem is number six, and they need to really just focus on that area. So I don't know. Yeah. True. What happened to what happened to all the w- wallet waving? You know, touting. Truck, I'm gonna Try bring this you much money. He Try said that all guys. It's not bro. only him though. It, and then Timur is the same. He's like, yo, I'm gonna, we're gonna come. We're gonna bring money. And we got uh, sponsors. This, that, and this. And bro, you can't bring Grilich. Okay, I he mean, wants three million. Give him three million, bro. You need this guy. I mean,
1: Emre, to be fair, Ardan Tumor and his transfers have been clutched so far. If you look at the value of the players he brought in and what we paid for them.
2: Bro. What's
3: value, two, though? What two, do you mean value?
2: Two out of three of those players nobody wants. Okay? Like, it's not like a, a miracle transfer. Okay? Sergio That's Oliveira. True. Okay, maybe. All right. Cool. That's a good transfer. But the other two is not that big in my book.
1: Mm. Yeah. Well.
2: Like, Seferovic is like, we'll get to him later, but, you know, like, okay, it's not that much of a big deal. Mm. And that's wow. not your most, like, like important position right now where you've struggled. Listen, Tylan is your CDM. Tylan, you have literally no backup for him. Okay, so you need to start <laughs> dropping that money. I touch Kata, bro.
4: God, Just end me now, <laughs> Saleh. Hand me the rope. Don't you ever bring that guy up again,
0: bro. Yeah, man. I wonder what's going to happen to him.
3: Honestly, who cares?
0: Said, it's my question. Mm.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but what Emre says is, is it's true. We really need a six. Uh, mm. We can't rely on Thailand. We honestly can't. Uh, yeah. But I, I don't know. I don't think it'll happen. That's just what my gut feeling says. I think no, but sorry, what I'm else. saying
2: is where's the money that mm. they keep? They promised they were like, oh, we're coming with you know 30 million in pocket, you know, like Kasa Where Where is this money? I'm not
3: seeing this money. But, it's it's typical political talk, like
2: yeah. unbelievable. Maybe
1: maybe it's a good thing <laughs> we're not hearing any names for the midfield positions, especially CDM. Maybe that's a good thing, and maybe we are on to some very good names, and we're waiting for the bombs to drop. You well, don't maybe. know, but who
3: who have we mm-hmm. signed without us knowing beforehand? Yeah, we we already knew who was gonna come, and then a few days later, or a week later, oh look, like mm. who who was it?
2: I remember Jetson was like last minute. No one knew. He's just like, oh, we have Jetson now.
4: Mm-hmm. Remember
2: him when he first was announced.
4: Mm-hmm. We're like, who the hell is this guy? I remember that happened with Lamina. Lamina literally yeah. showed up at the airport. And everyone's <laughs> like, what the everyone's like, what the fuck? Uh-huh. What's he doing here? And they're like, oh, he's here. For, he's here to sign for I was. It was what the fuck? I've never seen that before. Yeah, I'd be happy with such a profile at the last minute. Lamina
2: was like being rumored with us as of late too. Like potential. Mm, I saw
4: that, yeah.
0: Yeah, Nice yeah, dropped um, him off. He hasn't been injured, which is pretty funny because he was non-stop injured at Gals today. Mm. He's been doing okay since he left. But we got Oliveda, I don't think we need Limina. I don't think he offers much. That Oliveda doesn't. Yeah, yeah I fully agree. For sure. We
1: already got that position filled indeed. Um, you guys want to go through our homework?
0: Yes, let's go through our
1: homework. Let's go. Shall we start <laughs> because I think we have five official transfers. And we can start with the first one, probably, which is the one I did. Yep. So I'll just play that for you guys. And, uh, well, uh, let us it's a competition. The best one will win, right? We're going
0: we're gonna to see. <laughs> I bet Summit spent a week on this, but okay. Nah, no, <laughs> come on. <laughs> <laughs> Summit's a nerd. Stayed up all night doing this shit. Exactly.
1: <laughs> oh, God. All right. Here we go. Jan Karatash. Who is Kazemcan Karatash? His story came out and confused everyone. While people wondered if he would go to Sport or Galatasaray, the golden boy's final signature was for the yellow and red. This youngster from Altay cost us 20 million Turkish lira as a transfer fee and 400,000 Turkish lira as a signature fee. The young blonde signed a 5-year contract with a wage average of 7.6 million Turkish liras. Born January 2003 to this world in Izmir, Kazımcan Karatash started playing football for a team with historic roots called Altay. At the time Altay were having it difficult with their own struggles, however Kazımcan drew a lot of attention within the midst of their golden generation of youth players. In the season of 2016-2017, in the first league of Turkey, Kazımcan Karatash started his career and played in many different positions. His first match at age 17 was against Ümraniyespor. Espor. Thanks to his physical and technical capabilities, he played 7 games in the 1920 and 2021 20, season for Altai. It's important to note he played 3 times as a striker and 2 times as a right wing player. 17 year old Kazimjan Karatash was very skilled in the offensive plays. After 18 years, Altai was promoted to the Super League again in the 22 23 season. Kazimjan played 23 full games as a left back. 1.82cm tall and very good with his left foot, this alone was a good reason for Galatasaray wanting him. So why did Okan Buruk want the Jun transfer to happen? First of all, his physical and technical capabilities are noticeable and undeniable. Add to that, the fact he is still 19 years old shows he has a lot of room for growth. His passing and dribbling shows he has a good training from his academy. We can also add that his offensive actions help in many different situations as he overtakes opponents in almost any position. Okan Buruk, who thinks of playing a high pressure and fast paced game, will utilize his skill very well. The first alternative on left back position, Patrick van Aanholt, had an increasing performance the last season's second half, and Ömer Bayram, thought to be his backup, hasn't been fulfilling at all. Khiazmjan will be an excellent backup this season, being rated higher than Ömer Bayram, with that he also has the potential to steal the spot away from patrick van Aanholt. having played as a striker and winger for most of his career when we look at his defensive abilities we cannot say that it's as strong as his offensive game however last season Kazumjan had really taken the defensive play to heart with altai and has been very successful with a lot of counter-attacks if we look at the statistics of last season, he managed a successful true pass 1.1 times and 1.2 times for stealing the ball. Compared that to Patrick van Aanholt, which is 1.2 times a successful true ball and 1.5 for stealing the ball. He can definitely improve his positioning and his ball stealing, then he won't have any issues starting first 11. The foreigner limit may even give him a little additional push for this. Additionally, the most important point for him will be the decision making in the transition from defence to attack, and the efficiency in the crosses cut into the opponent's penalty area. Our other new transfer, Haris Seferovic, together with Gomez, are forwards that want the ball to their feet and can hit their head very hard directly inside the penalty area. In order to make them effective, the quality of the crosses will be very important here. Maybe the biggest noise regarding this transfer was the story itself. According to Hüriyet, Eupespor management wanted to sign Kazimjan for 5 years, and Galtzray wanted to loan him from Eupespor for 2 years while looking at his development. Eyüpspor, who also signed Ryan Babel, are aiming to promote to the Super League from the first league, and if they would, their plan would be to terminate the loan of Kazımcan to Galtzray so they could use him. Kazımcan and his manager, as a reaction, noted that if Eyüpspor won't promote, they would be continuing in the first league and tried to negotiate a clause there. When Eyüpspor didn't accept this, Galtzray came in and swapped the transfer directly, signing him for 20 million Turkish Lira and 400k sign-on bonus all right thank you thank you
4: thank you
3: did he wow. just applaud himself you know what
4: i really yeah. have to say that was very good but i think that was the biggest like
0: try hard moment i've ever witnessed bro, I swear, <laughs> <Yeah>. bro. <laughs> hands down what are you trying to prove bro it's just us here <laughs> yeah, bro it's like there's no teacher there's no grades bro <laughs>
1: Just a good, good podcast, you know. It's like uh, just some good information. <laughs> Jesus but Christ. honestly, when I was looking into this guy, we're finally getting rid of amer Bayram is all I thought. Nineteen years. Are we old. getting
4: rid of him though?
1: I mean, I'm sure that he's not gonna play over Kazamjan.
4: hope not. Surely, Kazımcan is better. Like, ah, oh, surely, bro.
1: Yeah. The only thing I'm worried about is the defensive capabilities. His attack, I'm not worried about. We've seen him in the friendlies as well, which looked very good. It's just the defensive capabilities and, yeah, about how the opponents mm. actually uh, utilize that wing there. So we uh, will that's, see.
3: That, that's true. Like, is miles better defensively. <laughs> no, that's Chasm-Jan. what I'm
1: saying. He's already is, is sucking so hard, so it shouldn't be an issue for Chiasmjan. <laughs> and the story about Ape Spore was fucking weird, dude. Just the weirdest things I've heard. And this is why I believe any kind of weird conspiracy from Turkey because look at what kind of weird deals are being made all right who should we do next guys
3: I guess chronologically speaking Abdulkerim would be next
1: that's true and who did Abdulkerim that would be me all right Saleh let's roll yours Abdulkerim
3: who is Abdulkerim Bardakçı (laughs) many people have speculated about which super league super team he would join he has been one of the most talked about players after having one of his best seasons with the Anatolian Eagles. He has reached his peak and has been pursued by clubs such as Besiktas, Galatasaray and Fenerbahce. Galatasaray were ultimately successful in obtaining his signature. He allegedly agreed with Besiktas before sitting down at the negotiation table with Fenerbahce. Despite the annual fee agreements with the other clubs, he eventually agreed to join Galatasaray. 31 clubs have pursued and attempted to sign him because he's one of the league's best defenders. The young player who was born in 1994 began his career at Fenerspor. This club is not related to the one in Istanbul because it's from Zonguldak. He stayed there until his 17th birthday when he moved to Konyaspor and signed his first professional contract. He primarily played left back and defensive midfield due to his strong left foot. From 2009 to 2016 he filled these roles before transitioning into a ball playing defender. During the seasons, he was loaned out to Sejciktespor and Adon Demirspor, while remaining at Konyaspor. His last loan spell at Altai, before becoming a permanent first-level player at Konya, impressed bigger clubs in the Super League. Abdülkerim was supposed to sign for Altai, but it declined because he hoped to sign with a bigger club after that one great season in 2019-2020. Unfortunately, it didn't go as planned, as bigger clubs in the Super League still had doubts about Abdülkerim, despite his performance in the second division. The problem was he hasn't proved himself in the Super League. This appeared to be short-lived as Galatasaray attempted to sign him in 2021-2022 while the club was still managed by Fatih Terim. Burak Elmas however did not give Terim the green light. This is the first transfer crisis that erupted around Abdelkirim and the Elmas regime. Being the club's top player but not being able to find the club right away hurt him mentally but it also gave him motivation to push harder and further. He had a fantastic season under Ilhan Palut and they finished third which is impressive for an Anadolu club. Now the question is, what makes Abdul Kerim so unique? He's a left-footed player with excellent vertical ball movement. Vertical football is a little more direct, it consists of direct penetrating passes with the aim of breaking the lines of defence and it's not to be confused with a Route 1 approach. So. This isn't getting to keeper or centre back to hoover it long and it also does not mean that he prefers longer balls but more vertical passes. Because Konya's sport preferred to play from the back, Uplukadian was regarded as the most important chess piece in Konya's defence, capable of intercepting the ball while also being at ease with shorter passes within the defence. His interception and dual percentage stats are also comparable to, if not better than Marcaus. We can, also, we can easily see why we chose this player. In terms of passes per defensive action, Abdelkirim also appears to be on par with Macau, with both sitting at 15. This refers to the number of passes a team allows the opposition to make from within 35 meters of their goal before committing to a defensive action, such as chasing, tackling, intercepting and so on. So, more pressing equals a lower PPDA. It is clear why big clubs want him, because he's a physically well-built Konya Lad who looks to get the ball quickly and thus move out of his primary position. Kerim is a physical player who frequently tackles in order to win the ball as quickly as possible. Okan Buruk as a coach wants his defenders to go as long as possible because his system revolves around defenders getting the ball quickly to wingers so that the attack can begin. Kerim is a player who enjoys dribbling out. The main difference between Kerim and Macau is the player's ability to draw fouls? Abdul lacks the shithouse mastery that Markov possessed. Also, while he enjoys dribbling with the ball, Abdul is prone to making basic errors when venturing out of his position, as decision making is something he needs to improve on. As a result, he leaves a gap in the back line, making it easy for opponents to counter. As a result, he tends to draw a lot of cards. Abdul is no stranger to yellow and red cards. If Okan can tone down his dribbling and aggression, he'll be an excellent player and the right type of player for Okan Buruk. Sali, amazing <laughs> background music.
1: I
4: loved it. Yeah, 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. We got
3: bro, another out here. I, I didn't oh, even man. know it ended at the right exact yeah, moment. Yeah,
4: bro, I was just going to say that. It was literally synchronized. Oh, I got, I got goosebumps from that, Sali. Yeah, Holy I crap, bro.
3: It. I had to take out my
0: sword for that, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Especially
4: oh, the
1: deets on Fatih Terim wanting him and Burak Elmas not yeah. taking him. Mm-hmm.
2: I'm screwed. Yeah, I just man. realized.
0: I just realized how bad my one is, bro. Yeah, same. Some <laughs> uh, uh, such geeks, bro. I Dutchies, swear. bro. I don't know yeah. what to do with Nerds, these Dutchies, bro. man.
4: <laughs> that Dutch mentality can't yeah, be beatable. I loved it. This is my for now. It's this like is my favorite. It's like had 20
2: hours to do this. And they wow. spent
3: 20 hours of their 24 hours on a day. Are you
1: making excuses already, Emre? Jesus
3: Christ. You should be the longest, no? So you probably watch the most stuff. I don't, I don't know. know.
0: Hmm. Right, so who's next? Uh, what's uh, chronolo- chronologically
1: the next one?
3: I think Sergio. No? Yeah, it's Sergio, Sergio? Yeah. It's, yeah, Sergio. It's Sergio Oliveira.
1: My. All right, Maz, <laughs> I- I'm interested. Let's see. <laughs> you send that to me, right? Oh yeah, there we go. Yeah,
0: sent it on WhatsApp.
1: Here we go, lads. <laughs> I, I fucking love these, man. All right. Let's go, Maz.
0: Galatzerai has officially found its Celtic Inan in the city of Porto. I'll be going through how he will be fitting into our team, as well as some statistics and some of the traits that I believe can be utilized. Born in 1992 in Portugal, FC Porto picked up Oliveira at the age of 10. He played for Porto every year, becoming the youngest ever player to play for the first team at the tender age of 17. During his time at Porto, he was sent on loan at many different clubs, such as Beira Marte, Mechelen and Penafiel. Pacos Ferreira picked up Oliveira when he became a free agent in 2013. Porto couldn't stand the thought of being apart from him, soon buying him back for 1.5 million euros in 2015. Even though he showed great improvement, he was once again sent out on loans at Nantes and Park. On his return to Porto in the 2019-2020 season, he played 35 games, scoring 5 goals and assisting on 5 occasions. The season after being the 2020-2021 season, he remained in the first team, earning the captain's armband. He also scored 20 goals and assisted 7 times in 47 games. Finally, he was sent out to AS Roma on loan for 6 months as requested by Jose Mourinho. Oliviera is great at passing. He also contributes a lot to counter attacks, effectively using over the top through balls and the long balls to switch the play. It makes his presence known through his great technique. He's able to hold the, wall, hold the ball well while not giving up possession and also make space in the final third. He can be best described as an attacking number eight, definitely not a number six or a pure box to box player. Okamburu will definitely be utilizing his long balls and his superior decision making to pick apart our opponents in the final third. Having said all this, his defensive ability is questionable and cannot be left alone in the defense. He needs someone with a much more defensive playstyle to support him, or this could lead to him getting exposed. I have mentioned that he reminds me of Prime Sadruk. Sadruk had the Middle right next to him. We need a Melo next to Oliveira to utilize him to his maximum potential. As some have noticed, his past is slightly concerning. He has just under two seasons of great football. Every other season was a loan spell, making it hard to judge his true capability or consistency. I do believe that he will be a great addition. He brings a lot to the table, a lot we didn't have last year. He definitely isn't the answer to all our problems, but definitely a major part of the solution.
1: Damn, these are hardcore (laughs) maz. Yeah. I'm true. (laughs)
2: Uh,
1: Oh, man. Oh, my God. So good. So good.
3: Bro, it's so funny how... I think summit still sounds the same, but Maz and me definitely sound different when recording. Yeah, you so guys, Maz sounds a bro, lot deeper we're calling and my him the nerd. Changes.
2: You
0: guys went hard yourselves. What? Bro, I woke up at like six thirty a.m. and I just realized I didn't record it. So I'm like, hey, I got to do this recording. I'm like half asleep, so that's like my full morning voice right there. <laughs> I, know, I don't man. know who was to pick, like that. honestly. So good, so good. Sally so had the best background music. No, <laughs> I don't know,
1: man. I don't know. We still have two get more to the go. Best
3: one, I think. Nah, let's go. Let's go.
1: All right, all right. Um, next is.
3: I think Dubois did say. Leo it Dubois. Before. Ah,
1: yeah, that's right? from John, right?
3: Dubois was wasn't it Seferovic, it then Dubois? No, no, it's actually Seferovic, Yeah, true. Is it? Pardon.
1: Mm-hmm. That's how I remember it. All right, that's you, Andre. Oh boy. All right, let's go. Time for go. that
3: Italian accent, Oof. Oof. The go.
1: Here is Severovitch. <laughs>
2: Harris Safarovic, born on February 22, 1992, in Circe, Switzerland, to parents Hamza and Safika Safarovic. Although he was born in Switzerland, his family roots are derived elsewhere. His parents immigrated from Bosnia and Herzegovina to Switzerland in the 1980s, right before the international war that took place as a result of the breakup of the Socialist Federal Republic of Yugoslavia. At a very young age, Harris had an affinity for the ball started playing football in his house as a kid. Sounds a lot like me, I wonder if he broke as many things and got as many ass whoopings. After many potential broken vases and tables, he started his career in 1999 playing for FC Searcy's youth team and 5 years later he would sign for FC Luzerne in the summer of 2004. Three years later after playing with FC Luzerne he was scouted by Grasshopper Club Zurich in 2009. Many will be familiar with this team as they're the ones that gave us the so-called Bosnian Messi aka Izet Airovic. It wouldn't be long though, after Grasshoppers, that he would soon find himself in Italy among the ranks of Fiorentina in January 2010 for a transfer fee of 2.1 million euros. Though he signed with them, he would soon find himself playing for their youth team, and after 8 appearances and 0 goals, he would eventually be loaned back to the Swiss League with Nukatel Zamax in 2011. January 2012, Seferovic would find himself back in Italy again, playing for Lecce in Serie A. Seems like at this point he's been club hopping as he does not seem to have made it stick anywhere because soon after that he was sent to Novara of Serie B where he would finally find himself as a starter and would net 10 goals and 6 assists in 18 games. Prior to this he had 15 appearances for both Zamax and Lecce but he would only net a total of 2 goals. After an uplift to his resume, he found himself on the road to the nation of Matadors and Bulls, Spain. On the 11th of July 2013, Harris signed with Real Sociedad on a four-year contract for transfer fee of 2 million euros. His tenure with Real Sociedad also went pretty sour for him, appearing in 39 games and only netting three goals. Many have described Harris as a player who is gifted with the ball, but lacks the ability to finish the opportunities he does find himself in. After yet another rough patch for Harris, he signed with Eintracht Frankfurt, signing a three-year contract on August 1st, 2014. His woes continued as he had 19 goals and 13 assists in 96 appearances, which was insufficient for a striker, and he would only net four goals in the season of 2015-2016 in the Bundesliga where Frankfurt just barely managed to retain their position at the top flight after winning a playoff against FC Nuremberg, where Severovic would score the winning goal to secure their position at the top flight. On June 2nd, 2017, Harris signed a 5-year deal with Portugal's Benfica. This is where Harris Severovic would find himself, as in 187 games, he netted 74 goals and 24 assists in his Benfica career. His open play and contributions to the attack put him out there at the forefront. His six foot two stature, or for everyone else not in the United States, one eighty nine meter build, made him well suited for hold up play and the ability to distribute the ball at the same time, finding himself in positions for scoring aerial goals and such. This was a great time for Safarovic. Starting out, he'd be at the forefront of Benfica's attack, scoring twenty seven goals and finding eight assists across all competitions. In 2019, he would earn himself the Bola de Prada, a Premier League award for being the top scorer. This season was also the season that some may remember Benfica getting their first win in Turkey against Galatasaray, with Seferovic scoring the winner. Unlucky for us. His success would soon come to a decline as his 2019-2020 season would see him with less action as his teammate Carlos Vinicius would be at the spotlight. Though a year after Vinicius being sold to Tottenham, Seferovic would find himself at the forefront again. In the 2020-2021 season, Seferovic would find the net 26 times with 7 assists across all competitions. His 2021-2022 season was severely limited as he would be finding himself in the infirmary with leg and muscle injuries. He would miss a total of 29 games for Benfica. And so here we are, Eric Seferovic, 30-year-old striker. Who would find himself in the land of fee and hyperinflation, Turkey. Seferovitch would go through three medical checks by Golosodai's medical team to see if he's arriving injured or not. And to a lot of people's relief, he passed all the checks. I wonder what his biological age is. Galatasaray would officially sign Harris seferovic on a one-year loan for a fee of 1.1 million euros and a salary of 2.3 million euros, with an option to buy at 2.5 million euros that activates after he's played 15 games with Galserai. May he score many goals and end this goal drought Galserai seem to have found themselves in for many years.
4: Godspeed.
1: Godspeed.
4: Godspeed. Godspeed to us all. I really didn't know you guys were going this hard on this little project here. Damn, (laughs) man. Jesus. I don't even think I was that good
0: hey now nah, john's one of those students who says no, oh i did nothing level. i didn't no. do anything and then it has got like a 15 minute presentation break. exactly
4: and it's gonna be fire or something definitely not but i'm gonna say this all right before we get into mine i i'm the last one before we get into mine for any of our listeners that watched and enjoyed the movie the disney movie ratatouille you're welcome all right you'll see what i mean <laughs> in a second
0: okay
1: <laughs> oh god it's uh i mean guys i thought i'd be really good and you all would suck but damn (laughs) what a performance what a performance all right let's straight up go to the next one last one leo dubois by our pokemon master john
4: who is leo dubois On July 20th, 2022, Galatasaray announced that they began negotiations for the permanent transfer of Léo Dubois. The 27-year-old French international fullback joined Galatasaray from Olympique Lyon for a fee of 2.5 million euros, earning him a yearly salary of 1.8 million euros. Born in September 1994 in Segrè, France, Dubois began playing football as a youngster for local clubs Gémois and later Segre, before finding a place for himself in the youth team for Nantes, where he would spend the rest of his youth career. On May 9, 2015, the 21-year-old right-back made his professional debut for the Nantes first team during a 2-1 away loss to Bordeaux. Dubois would spend four seasons with Nantes in France's top flight, earning himself 96 appearances with 3 goals and 11 assists. In 2018, Dubois caught the attention of one of the biggest clubs in France, Olympique Lyon. He signed a four-year contract with the Red and Blue on July 1, 2018, and was also called up to the French national team the following year, earning 18 caps for the Blues. After four seasons, 130 appearances across domestic and European competitions, 5 goals and 11 assists. Leo Dubois would say goodbye to Lyon and France before beginning a new journey in Turkey. Naturally a right back, Dubois has been described as a player with a lot of quality in both dribbling and crossing, also known for his interception ability, patience when defending, and proficiency with both his left and right foot. He will be able to cause trouble for teams on the right side during both counter-attacks and build-up play and should be able to link up well with strikers with an aerial presence like Seferovic. Coach Okan Buruk seems to be creating an attack-minded squad that will look to play forward at any given opportunity, exploiting the wide areas of the pitch with players like Kerem Akturkolu and Yunus Akkun. Leo Dubois will make a fine addition to Okan Buruk's ideal squad, and should offer a lot going forward and playing from wide areas. With Sasha Boy leaving the club, Dubois is expected to be the first choice right back for Galatasaray, with Omar al as the backup. After signing with Galatasaray, Dubois thanked the club and fans for the warm welcome, and promised to bring more trophies to Turkey's most decorated club.
3: That French accent, though. I didn't know you lived <laughs> in Quebec. I thought you were a proper Englishman. Whoa,
4: whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's, let's not get it confused You're French-Canadian? Right? I didn't know <laughs> that. Yeah. God, no. No, no, no. You, you can't Olympique disrespect Lyon. me like this, please.
2: <laughs> Bordeaux. They teach you French Lyon in school bon. over there, right? Like, in America, in the United States, they teach you Spanish because there's a lot more uh, Spanish-speaking people here. Is it the same over there as well? It's like, the you have exact to learn it?
4: same, bro. Exact right. same.
3: Well, so, Emre, you have a Spanish accent, then, when you say those words in Spanish? or Sí,
2: señor. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Can we soundboard that, please? <laughs>
4: don't
2: worry, Samet's already on it. I got that. All right.
1: Dudes, I don't know. All of them, amazing. I love them all. Every single one of
4: them.
2: I have to say, you guys went way more in-depth with, like, their styles, the way they play, how Okan Buruk would use them and stuff. I did not do as much uh, regarding that. I kind of regret not going. As for, like I did most of like I just looked at his history and just said everything. Where well, you guys did like say how he would be implemented, how Okamura can implement them. So props to you guys on that. I should have went
4: more in depth with that. And yeah, and- no, th- those banged honestly. Those were so good, bro. <laughs> yeah. Know what?
1: Well, we loved it. But for our listeners, if you like this type of stuff, just let us know, give us a shout-out, tweet us, DM us, and we'll try to do more of these. I actually enjoyed listening to all of these from you guys. And considering that we don't have much time left, should we do a question? Let's just take one question before we end
3: it. Are we not going to talk about the performance? I know it was a bit yawning, but, you know, the front-friendly we had.
1: I mean, I loved... Mazar's voice on his—is that what you meant?
3: No, no, I said the uh, friendly. The friendly. We, played. Uh, we have
1: we have more friendlies coming up. I think this uh, we don't want to extend it too long. So
3: yeah, and to be honest, listeners, I mean the friendly itself wasn't that special. I find it a pretty boring game compared yeah. to the other ones. It also yeah, ended nil-nil. So yeah, it was not Nothing too much, much to say anyway. Anymore. I didn't. exactly. Let's move on.
1: Yeah, let's just take one last question before we move. This is a question sent by Mudis Atse via Twitter. And he says I would like to hear your opinion on whether you think that this year there will be a last minute transfer again, like Falcao or Asuncao. Because again, they didn't get any players. And then they will say that the fans put pressure on us. So we start again with Thailand. On the six, because no new transfers could prevail, or we got them in.
3: So, yeah. so basically, he's asking if we're going to panic transfer again, right? Essentially, yeah. Essentially, mm-hmm. yeah. And not if we are just waiting for the right type of player. So, rather just fill it up with whatever we can find. Well, like do you think or...
1: we will have like last-minute transfers? Basically, the question.
3: Surely we do. I don't
4: we think always we'll have it. Every, every year. In. But the it thing might... is, is that the the way that things are going right now. I think that we can't, you know, help but think that way. It's going to come right down to the wire. I mean, I think the league starts in, what, a week and a half or something? So, mm-hmm. Less than two weeks now. So it's like, you know, we can't help but think we're probably going to start with Thailand and then like a day before the window closes, we'll bring someone in. Whether it will be the whoever you know players we want, like Grilich or, or whoever it is, I, as it stands right now, I don't think any of us would be surprised if that happened, right? mm
3: the, the, For- the problem with the window is, like, we, we play on, indeed, like you say, in one and a half weeks, but the window ends, like in first week of September. So we're going to have four or five matches without any proper, se- with Thailand like I like, right. said before. Right. So I wonder, would we do a last minute transfer as in before the season starts, or would it actually be, like, end of the window? Because that would be really worrying mm. if we're going to scrape those first five games.
1: Well, considering Galatasaray, considering Turkey's economy and the money we have, I I can imagine we will see last-minute transfers. And why do I think that is? Because last minute is when you get them cheap deals, right? Because you still have the few players that are still looking for another team. You won't get the very best of the best, but you might get some very interesting players like that, like we did with Lemina at the time and Cedi And I think we will see that again. However, we are going to want to be champions. And Dursun Özbek, in his previous transfer eras, he has been pretty quick with signing the deals. Of course, for huge amounts of money, because that's how you get the deals done. But I don't know. We will see how it goes. What
0: do you think, Maz? Um, I agree with Jan. I think we might make a... Well, look, we will make a transfer, but whether it's Grealish or whether it's a random South American player we've never heard of, <laughs> um, <laughs> only time will tell. But I also do believe that we will see a couple of games in the, in the start of the season where we'll be playing with Thailand at the 6 um, and possibly even Emre Akbaba at the 10. I don't think we'll finish Evander or Harrit by the time the transfer window closes. And especially with transfers like Grealish, they're big names. Um, It's hard to wrap them up because there's so many people interested. Um, And his father doesn't make it easy for us to negotiate either. So I guess time will truly tell, but in true Gossade fashion, we will be making a last minute transfer. Whether that's a panic transfer or whether that's a good transfer, can't say for sure. Can't say
3: for sure yet. If I may ask a question, on this question, in a way, let's say you were the board, right? All five of us. Would you rather risk. And wait till the last day to potentially get a very good guy, but also maybe get nothing? Or would you rather, you know, let's say in a week, settle for someone who's a lot more average, but at least you know you'll have someone? Like, what would in your mind be ideal?
0: You need to take risks.
3: Personally, I wouldn't risk it. I wouldn't no. risk it. No. You only That's risk me. it
2: with players you don't really need, like right away. Like, if you need a backup winger or something, you know, and you see a really good option. Daniel you grab him, but number six, bro, we need that op- like that position, and you never know anything can happen last day. So I'd rather take it with
0: insurance that we have a six than not. I'm gonna play devil's advocate. Define average as a number six. What's an average number six? Is it just a number six that just defends and doesn't do anything else? Because I wouldn't consider that average. A uh, number I six. I consider Pulgar def- average.
2: So would you mm-hmm. want a Pulgar last day? No we are not going to be champions we, with that. We, so. won't be, we won't
0: be champions. Yeah, exa- we won't be champions exactly. that way. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. If you're happy with mediocrity, then um, yeah, take the safer option. But when, you, when you're playing for the championship, you can't settle for average plays. You need, you need good plays. Your number six needs to be an anchor, needs to distribute the ball, needs to be able to do long balls, um, needs to have vision, needs to become like this. This is the traits that number six needs to have. And I feel like an average player won't give you those. Would give you maybe half of it. Like Thailand, his defensive abilities, okay. But he can't distribute the ball. He can't carry the ball. Can't make space. So I
1: disagree. <sighs> he can distribute the ball, but. <laughs>
0: really? You think he can distribute oh, the ball? Oh,
1: yeah. That's probably one of his best. uh so on
0: sport games? Don't, don't you remember when he's that? not
2: distributing it to the other team, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, his, uh, look, he, he
0: does have he does have glimpses of, glimpses of um glory with his uh, distributing, but he also makes big mistakes. Like mm. he um who, who who did he give the ball straight to? It Was in the Trubzon game, yes. wasn't it? Yeah, like he didn't G- even guess. look around and see if anyone was pressing. Yeah, he just like, went for it. Uh, nah, nah. I don't know. I'd, I'd, maybe I'd just, maybe his
1: uh, performance gets up with all the long haired dudes we got in the team now.
0: Oh, hopefully. Hopefully. I loved hopefully. Thailand the season yeah. before. Mm. Thailand was my favorite player this season before. Are they
4: going to get the green link summit on FIFA like you were talking about last time? Yeah, yeah. Now <laughs> with that the long hair, the, uh, they long get the green link, right? Oh,
0: for sure. Super
1: <laughs> green, bro. Super green. <laughs> yeah.
0: But Thailand yeah. needs a beard as well. He needs to grow his beard. it's right, so white we'll work. Oh, yeah. yeah. He'll get a yellow link <laughs> if he doesn't have a beard. <laughs> I can't imagine
2: Thailand with a beard now. Oh, my God. That would look so weird.
4: <laughs> That's when he
1: becomes ah, I a man. Think it was certain. Yeah. <laughs> uh all right any closing
4: comments as a wise man once said about 10 minutes ago godspeed godspeed everyone
2: <laughs> godspeed
4: <laughs> so nothing ever ends until until
1: we, we say so thank you Praise for, you for that time. and uh, to everyone listening thank you for listening to us you can always contact us as always let us know how you like the episode. Let us know what we should do better or what not. And we wish you a very pleasant day.
3: Alright, bye-bye. Peace. Bye.